Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. More than a half century after what is arguably the most influential work of science fiction was published, it finally gets a faithful big screen adaptation, or half of one anyway. Our expert cinephiles, made up of both longtime Dune readers and Dune newcomers alike, weigh in on Denis Villeneuve's visionary epic. It's been a long time in the making. Long time coming. We went to the movies to see a new movie. It was an important distinction to make, Tyler. To the movies to see a new movie. Uh, because we didn't have to to see this new movie. Right. We could have stayed at home. If we would have done that, we wouldn't have been the cinephiles we are. No. Because we're purists, the elitist uh, cinephiles that we are. Yeah. There's no way we were going to watch this on a mm-hmm. home television set. But uh, I went to the theaters with my friends and saw a movie called Dune. <laughs> Liam's here. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> Liam's here. Did you go see a movie called Dune? Bongiorno. I did. Tyler's here. Yeah, I saw Dune. He was sitting next to me and, and a stranger. Yeah, sitting right there in the, in the, in the prime seating. I was one off center, which is pretty pretty ideal, but it was right next to this uh, this stranger with wide elbows. If you know what I mean. Ooh. And uh, no one's next to him in the seat next to him. He just we became best friends. You know. Did you say wide elbows? Yeah, wide elbows. His elbows, okay. you know, they stuck out wide. Not but wide. But there was elbows. no one in the seat next to him, or the one next to that. He just chose to sit next to me. Hmm. So he's, we I didn't realize that it was. Right. Empty. He could have yeah. created. Like space, he, he could have created a decent human um, societal gap between us, yeah. especially in these times when societal gaps are all the rage. Yeah, yeah. No, he that sat. seat could have saved your life. He, yeah, I'm a, he might have <laughs> killed me. Was it worth it? Let's know. find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, so uh, maybe he's a stickler for the rules, and he's like, my ticket said age fifteen, and dang it, that's where I'm going to sit. Maybe he's a cinephile just like us, and he wanted to be as close to the center as possible to enjoy this epic. Yeah, film. would you? That's a good question. Would you give up Screen King to make societal space? No, Screen King's in the center. You got to you got to build off center. So, would I have in his position? Uh, stuck, if stuck he was it in your spot, to, yeah. Stuck it to third off screen king. No, I would have put. In a, <laughs> I would have put in a chair between us. Yeah, there you go. I would gladly have moved to fourth off of screen king for a little more comfort. Wow. Yeah. This man's yeah. better than us, apparently. Wow. Well, it doesn't sound like like that. Sounds much better than my theater going experience, which was nine ten at the Century Theater. Got my assigned seat. Plopped down, was good. Going through trailers, got through about yeah five of them. It was like thirty minutes of trailers. Yeah, there. this is like twenty minutes in. I hear this ruckus going on behind me. Keeps on going. It's this lady. She's kind of like squawking back and forth, like um, sir. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, I'm thinking, great. How much longer is this going to keep going into the movie? Like, is it going to stop? Is it going to get quiet? It's nine ten, Saturday night. Let's calm down, people. What's going? And like. But then all of a sudden, the house lights come up. The movies, the trailers stop. What? Like, uh-oh, this is a first. Okay. Turns out this this woman, like, rambling on is upset because there's a customer in her assigned seat. So forget King's seat or what, whatever you're talking about. King's, um, King's seat. seat. King's seat? King's seat? Like screen King. Screen, screen King's king seat. It's Really, it's called the throne, and the you throne. are the screen king once you sit upon it. Yeah, well, it's this is all happening behind me, but four. yeah, mm-hmm. but turns out this lady is, she's not being the just crazy disruptor. It's this person who's in her seat. He's not moving. They get, you know, the little ushers in. The ushers can't remove this person who's not in his assigned seat. I don't even think he has a ticket from what I can like hear from the squabbling. Managers come in. How far away are you from this? So I'm sitting like halfway down, like I'm on the floor, like with the, the handicap spots and like in my prime King seating. Those can be okay when the theater. Oh, yeah. the century, in that full. Century Theater, those are nice. Yeah. You got the reclining yeah. chairs, yeah. reclining chairs, Great. feet are up, no one in Great. front of you, nice no, cushy. No one next to you. Yeah. And how yeah. far back is the is the ordeal? Uh, three rows back mm-hmm. in okay. the stadium seats. So some dude had the audacity to to remain seated in a seat that clearly wasn't his. Was not his. How like crowded is the theater? It's sold out. Oh, wow. sold out. In which people are like, 
hey man, I did not get a babysitter tonight to like go through this crap. Get out of here. Hey man, this is not a way to de-escalate the situation. Nah man, get this guy out of here. Like wow. it's just going back and forth. I'm like, and you're like, oh my god, I'm in Portland. This is about to become hey. an active shooter situation. Yeah, exactly. Like in the age of like movie theater shootings, like they were living. It's like, ooh, it's getting a little warm in here. Dude, <laughs> Liam just starts going, dude, dude. Dude, <laughs> we want to no. yeah, singing that, <laughs> and um, then that de-escalates. People yeah. start singing together <laughs> the song of Arrakis, the harmonizing. <laughs> yes, but so the, but here's the thing: they're like, all right, like twenty minutes. Don't worry, you guys. There's not a movie after this showing, so we'll get started late. But we will do it. We will get this movie started. This guy does not show up, so they end up calling the cops to remove this guy because it's a security issue. Like. We don't know what this guy's going to do, but he is not budging. He's not negotiating to, like, leave this Can seat. you hear the guy saying anything? No, we can't hear him. He's just, like, mumbling. Oh but people God. are, like, yelling at him to, like, dude, just get out of here. You're not going to win this. What is going on? <laughs> and I'm just, like, make it last as long. Oh he liked having all that control of the... He had everyone's yeah. whole night under control. Yeah, he was just lapping it up. And, like, so everyone in the theater got free passes, respectfully. I thought maybe they would start giving out like free beer because people are like, hey, we just need to cool out. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, free concessions. Get something. everybody on downers. Too. <laughs> but here's the thing. But people started like peeling off. Like, well, we'll just come back another day. Get my money back for this showing, and we'll see what happens. Uh, came around towards the next showing. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna sneak into this other theater, which I ended up doing. I never found out what happened to this guy. Oh but, man! But the thinking is, can you believe is, this, Tyler? He just told us this story. We'll never know we'll what never happened. Know. What's amazing is that this man sat there so long that people just got up and left. Because yeah, he, he waited them. He out. won. The theater is his. He yeah. won. Yeah. Well, he it's earned a screen it. king there. That, that is, is a true screen king. What's so great is that he probably saw, oh, look, that dude left. I'm going to go sit down there. No, no, <laughs> no but that's <laughs> just it. Like at this point, he was like the thinking was he was getting arrested for like just so you didn't make it to the cops or anything like that? No. Can he get arrested for, want, for sitting in a chair at the theater? Uh, they probably just walked him out. Well, it would be the, the thinking was they didn't know how he was going to react. And so he was a security issue. They didn't know if he was like if he had a weapon, if he had... If he was going uh, to be violent, if he was going to flip out, like so, they're like, "Sir, like these are the steps we're taking. Like, you're a security issue, and the police are on their way." And he's like, "I don't care. I want my money back." So, where were the employees oh, and God. managers standing in the aisle, shouting into the row? Or did you've they... got managers standing in front of them. You have security guards. They're in the aisle, like between yes people's legs, standing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. funny is that 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 particular situation. I'm going to go out on a limb and say hasn't happened in any other uh, theater at any of these dozens of showings in the Tri-County area. Uh-huh. You got the one. I got the one. You and I was like, one. you, man, you got to yeah, be kidding me. I also me. want to point out, I invited Liam to come to our screening. What the heck? And, and he was too um, good for it? I was gonna, you could have sat next to me instead of that other dude with the wide elbows. Yeah, we had I, I could experience. have been the wide elbow guy. There was a little bit of uh, yakety yak during the trailers, which is a coin toss. Sometimes the yakety yak in the trailer is a bad, very bad sign. You're like, if they don't care about talking over the trailers, they're going to talk over the movie. But then every now and then they'll talk over the trailers like it's the cafeteria. And then as soon as the, you know, thank you for AMC and join our stubs list, Uh then they. It's when everyone sees Nicole Kidman saying. Oh my God, that thing. <laughs> Welcome to like the She's just having cream. a religious yeah, experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's so freaking, well, it's such a put on. She turns, she's like, watch it. We have to sit there and watch Nicole Kidman watch smile it. at a fake screen. We all know it's not real. She's watching Jurassic World and Creed. <laughs> then she turns, and she's like, you know, we go here to be transported and magic because in here they are. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're already yeah. here. <laughs> Why do we need to be? We you don't have to sell us on this. It is the ultimate preaching to the choir experience. Yeah. We are already at the movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put that on TV. Yeah, get them to come to the movies. The it's like Tyler with this whole Batman frustration. So like, I want to lure Doomsday back to the city and get that magic scepter. <laughs> Tyler's like, "Are you kidding me, Batman? You go get it and bring it back. Uh-huh. Put that trailer on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Has anyone seen it on TV? It's illogical." No, I haven't. See? Who has TV? I don't watch TV. Uh, I don't watch I guess I don't either, uh, so we don't know. 
We have no idea. But anyway, Patrick's here. You saw Dune 2. I did. But hey, you want to hear a story? He didn't see Dune 2. That only just got announced. He saw Dune as well. I saw Dune as well. But before I saw Dune, I went and saw uh, James Bond. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Mike. I I forgot him to die. Yeah. And in the first 10 minutes of the movie, the color was off. It was like the negative version of all the colors. Oh, so it was drastically off. Right. And we were watching this thing happen, and the whole theater was playing chicken because somebody has to go tell everyone starts looking around at each yeah. other like are you gonna and somebody finally something? goes and tells them and then a person in casual clothes comes in and apologizes the theater lights up all the screen goes down they say give us 20 minutes we're gonna start it over why do you make a point to say casual clothes like they weren't in a uniform they weren't in a uniform so we kept saying is he just a Who's good samaritan or is he the guy working there yeah projectionists don't need to wear their uniforms they're too punk rock right they're so artists. then they started the movie like <laughs> they're artists. <laughs> and Mike was grumbling about uh, getting free concessions. Yeah. But we didn't get any. Not even a free pass? No. Hmm. All right. That that happened to me one time. I was just gonna tell bad theater stories now. That happened <laughs> oh, to me God. one time. I went to see a movie. <laughs> this is the last one. I went to see a movie at lunch. <laughs> uh, and it was like uh it was a second run film from like summer of 2019 or something and i get in there sit down and i got a piece of pizza and a drink and i'm waiting for this movie to start so i can it's like 90 minutes and then i was gonna go back to work well they come in after like 15 minutes of it not playing when it should have and they come in and go oh the projector's not working we're gonna fix the lens give us 10 minutes and it was like 30 minutes later oh we're still working on it I was like god man so i had to leave <laughs> yeah, I've had that exact thing happen before, and it was like I had dr- dr- drove, driven, I had traveled a long way to go to theater I've never been to before or since, just to see this limited run movie that was only playing at this theater. And they're like, "Oh, we're so sorry, sir. Here's a pass." <laughs> Great. Whoa! I'm never coming back to this particular theater yeah. again. Yeah. It's just funny when they get they come out and they're like, "Oh, we just need to fix the projector. We switch out the lens." Have you ever switched out a lens on a projector? Yes. It's not easy. Liam it, said yes right uh, away. I don't think he's it, ta- it takes like 30 seconds. No. Some of these bigger projectors is pretty complicated. I'm going to analog. Oh yeah. Either one of these guys no, work at a movie theater. That's true. We've got to yeah. call Sarah. She we have to change it. You used to have to change between scope and flat lenses all They're the time. They're on timers now anyway. Remember and these are all the digital. Day, There's in, no film now. In childhood days, we used to. it was our tradition to kind of like face backward. When we get there before the movie started, and you could see the projectionist get into his little booth and start putting the reels up, and we'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh shoot, he's back there!" And that's when mm-hmm. men were men. That's yeah. when men were men. Yeah. Back in the Dune days. So the Dune days. Let's do this now that you know we're however deep into this episode, and people are hitting that thirty-second button. Like, oh my god, are they going to talk about Dune or what? <laughs> uh, let's go around and with our short tweetable review and our uh, kicks. Kicks meaning uh, one out of five kicks, or however out of five, however many out of five kicks. Um, and but before you do that, since this is a you know a franchise or a prop intellectual property that dates all the way back to 1965, and exists across all kinds of different mediums, set it up by saying what your you know previous awareness of Dune World is, whether or not you cared the movie. I think that'll contextualize everyone's feedback, probably. So, Patrick, mm-hmm. what did you know about Dune, and then what did you think of the movie in short? I have been aware of Dune for, I guess, a long time. seems like it's in pop culture and in some regards. Mm-hmm. But I read the book for the first time in the last year and a half, I guess, during For the first time. For the first time, yeah. Huh. And then I went and saw this movie. And I was very excited because the uh, I was I liked the story a lot. The book is a bit of a slog, but mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoy the the story. So then I watched this movie. I think it's a solid three out of five. It might be three and a half because it seems to be appreciating in my mind as time goes. But I would say it's a beautiful movie. It's also a bit of a slog. Cool, Liam. Yeah, the well, it's <clears throat> so again. Dune is based off Frank of Her- Frank Herbert's novel from the fifties, if I'm not mistaken, when it originally came out. So it's it's I'll got some time. It. Yeah, fact, fact check, check it for that me. Publication date. But so it's been 
in you know international pop culture for generations now they finally made it into a movie in 1984 thanks to david lynch at the helm because those are the two things you think of. Uh, 1965 it came out you think of david thanks for lynch. the fight check it's off by 10 who, years who should me. direct the dune movie right so they the get eraser head guy yeah i mean he had done what uh eraser head and uh elephant man, elephant man. Right? Then they're like, all right, give us this sci-fi guy. So this was Universal Pictures' answer to the sci-fi craze that was happening thanks to Star Wars by 1980. Which, which ironically is ironic was inspired by Dune. Star Wars was uh-huh. dang. Yeah. No, Here sorry. we go. <laughs> sorry. Star <laughs> Wars inspired by Dune. So Universal goes after Dune, and they make this complex, you know, what, I mean, it's kind of the Lord, a, a sci-fi Lord of the Rings, right? With crazy nomenclature and just weird backstories and different weird character names, and uh, you know they opened to be a blockbuster picture. People went to this movie, and they were given a glossary so you could understand what the heck people were saying. That's so you read neat. this little glossary to know what a gum jabar was, what's a quasic heterac, all these you know weird Arabic-ish terms that are in the actual book and what the spice melange is. Uh, and people were like, wait, I have to read this little pamphlet before I watch this movie? Uh, okay. Needless to say, this movie tanked, it bombed, despite the revolutionary special effects and forms of, uh, you know, just movie making that it was because it didn't hit the mark. Cast. Had an all-star cast. Sting is in it, right? Sting's in it. Um, Kyle McLaughlin's in it, went on to do Twin Peaks with David Lynch. Um, yeah, you've just got yeah a bunch of people in it. Brad Dourif, speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, Grima Wormtongue, we know him. But uh, but either way, like like Universal bombed on this, and they reeled as a production company for years to like claw their way back into uh, the business. So that said, Dune is a very difficult franchise to make happen. Um, there was even a like a four-hour version of Dune, the director's cut, that David Lynch wouldn't even put his name on, um, that had this whole pre-story. It was like half an hour to kind of go into, what the heck is Arrakis? What is the Spice Melange? Who are the Harkonnens? Who are the Atreides? And what is the Spacing Guild? And what is the Padishah Emperor? All these things that kind of describe what went into before they actually got into the movie. It was like, like these paintings that they indicated to you know set precedent before they actually started telling the movie look into it when you get a chance um and uh, to know that you know decades later denis villeneuve gets the helm of it he and the face when he says the name you guys can't see it but oh it's good i got French. a good face mm-hmm. um liam hates french canadians Ugh. have for years apologies to our french canadian listeners yeah but uh, but yeah so denis gets the helm and uh does italian right (laughs) they change it (laughs) go ahead sorry (laughs) but uh, but yeah so thanks for enduring that little like pretext but yeah so i read the book saw the movies both the director's cut the original um i think usa made a six-part series of dune Starring William Hurt and another kind of all-star cast. What? Yeah, it was uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, I think. Um, yeah, check that out if you want some more pretext as to, into the world of um, you know the year 10,000 and whatever it is. And uh, if you want to know more about it. And yeah, to, to finally like watch this version of it. So I've got some background. I went into it very skeptical with despite the trailer that looks beautiful. I mean, we got the director of Blade Runner 2049 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. doing it. It's like, okay, so anticipations are high, but it's a very difficult franchise to pull off. And the trailer, I was, like I said, I was skeptical of. Watching the movie knocked my socks off. I was very impressed with it, despite like how much of a slog it is. Like I was mesmerized with how it was shot 
and how it was so enhanced with the score. I, I can't think of very many pictures that have been emphasized by the entire score. Uh, I think it's not character driven, it's very plot driven, and it's just a sight for the eyes and, and a, a stellar achievement in what, what one can do with, with filmmaking. So your rating? I'd give it four and a half out of five. Very high. That's pretty That's high. Good. That's high That's praise. Good All right, Tyler, your Dune story and your Dune review. Uh, I was gifted a copy of Dune from our own Matt Hughes. I read the first chapter and thought, God, man, this is exhausting. <laughs> uh, I uh, tend to be very frustrated with these these books and authors who come up with names and places that could be pronounced any dozen different ways. And I just get just sit there thinking, am I pronouncing this correctly in my brain? Is it this? Am I saying this right? Am I saying this right? Yeah. I'll be honest, Tyler, like, even like th- watching this version of it, I'm like, wait a second. Have I been saying Harkonnen wrong this whole time? No, because they don't say Harkonnen. It's they Harkonnen. Harkonnen. I'm like, Harkonnen? No. What? No, I'm like, I've been saying it wrong better. for 30 Harkonnen years. Better, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. But yeah. Right. And then it's not even just trying to figure out the pronunciation. It's also like, here are a dozen different people with zero context, remember these names for later when we subtly <laughs> reference them again. So like the glossary, honestly, would have been very helpful even just for the book. I need some sure. cross-references. I need like a uh, an explainer video to help me understand the setting, the context and setting of Dune. So I struggled with that first chapter. Uh, and then recently, preparing for Dune to come out, I thought maybe it will be better listening to it. So I listened to the first chapter and I think I got even less from it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's tense. That first hundred s- pages is tough. It's just yeah, it's exhausting. It's it's you have to like study the whole mythology of the of the novel in order to even comprehend what you're reading in the lighter chapters. I didn't even get there. So uh, I went into the movie with some basic context. But not enough to really from like pop culture in that first chapter. In that first chapter, yeah. And so I, I knew it was like spice and people and sand and (laughs) space and stuff. Yeah, that's all there. (laughs) And politics and and this and uh, a few characters in particular. Anyway, uh, I went into it, you know, thinking, oh well, they're gonna have to do some work to catch me up and make sense of this for me, which I feel they did fairly well. Mm Hmm. Uh. You can't necessarily blame the director always for uh, the script and the screenwriting and the, and the storytelling. Um, but in this case, apparently you can. I was just looking at who the screenwriter is, and it's it's Vinu. He's one of them. Vinu mm-hmm. is a screenwriter. Also, Eric Roth. Who He's is with him from before. Hostel? No, that's, no, that's Eli, Eli Roth. Roth. <laughs> Ooh, forgot the consonant. Uh, and then the other one is John... Spates, who also wrote Prometheus. <laughs> mm, nice. It's not a great addition to the screenwriting no. team. So maybe that contributes a degree to some of its ambiguity and complexity uh, in this film. Although the stories being complicated uh, by nature and them doing the best they can to tell it, I feel like they did fairly well with it, albeit it did feel like a slog at times. I feel like it dragged a little bit and it could have been better if it was 30 minutes shorter, but I still really enjoyed it. Did you I like thought, the use of exposition? I thought it was beautiful. I thought Vinue did really well with the complex story and high sci-fi concepts. Uh, it could very well be his most beautiful film. I, I think like it is. It's, it's either that yeah. or Blade Runner. Uh-huh. It could very well be his most beautiful and just the experience of it, seeing it in the GXL with Atmos and that intense soundtrack made it an amazing experience. I think that this is the type of film that will do better with repeat viewings. Like you, once you start tracking what he's sure, trying to do sure. with the story and once you can start remembering some of these <laughs> people and places and things, yeah. that what are their values are to the story. The story. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, I think it will appreciate over time. I want to give it four stars because I think that it will appreciate, and I'm prepared to go higher in the future. I think we'll all grow more fonder, more fond of it over time. Yeah, but uh, um, I'm I'm a big fan, even though I uh, I'm pr- only pretty sure I was tracking with the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you did fine. By the time it ended, I thought to myself, "Oh, sure, okay. These these things that we spend a bunch of time on back here make more sense now." By the time just laying ended. the foundation yeah. for it. Yeah, it's like that was a lot of freaking work just to get into the, what is now the story. Part two should be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. And now now won't we? We'll have to. Yo, Unless Josh. Somebody dies or runs out of money or something like that, or they say, "Never mind, everybody's sick. We're not making this movie anymore." Tim Burton, would you mind helping us out here? Mm-hmm. Um, I was aware of Dune from popular culture like you guys, and I was aware of the um, David Lynch movie. The Eric t- Roth wrote Forrest Gump is what I was going to say. Oh, wow. I never did say it's it. It's a great movie. Eric Roth. It's a, and that's Gump. a great screenplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally the redeems American Prometheus epic. boy. Uh, we blame Lindelof for the Prometheus screenplay. Ooh. Yeah. Um. I was aware of the David Lynch movie, though to this day I have not seen it. Um, I th- I would just see it at the video store as a kid, and uh, you know it was in the science fiction science fiction section that we often browsed and chose movies movies from. And it was just like one of those, like it would, you know, like uh, to me, like the box for Kroll or something. It was yeah. just like the same uh, era, yeah. Yeah, All just another one of these movies. weird sci-fi. Uh, you know the movies like Kroll that mashed up like medieval fantasy with science fiction. I just assumed it was something like that. The, the aesthetic is very yeah. much that. If you scroll through some yeah. of the the like screenshots, Beastmaster and, scenes, and yeah, Last Starfighter, it's, it's yep. very eighties, uh-huh. especially Sting. Yeah. So I associated it with that. Um, there were two images. <laughs> wow, Sting! Hey, Sting looks great. He's like thin, he ripped. <laughs> He's like lean, ripped. Tantric like yoga, baby. Sting in what seems to be some sort of leather or is that metal? How does Sting play? Bikini bottoms. He plays the. Um, he plays the nephew um, of the Baron. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> he plays Bautista's character. Yeah, but Dave Bautista's character, the Beast. He plays the Beast. He's yeah, not that. There you beastly. go. There's him being beastly. Oh, okay. Well, it's he's got like yeah, wings on his. These look like glamour shots that he'd had at Sears. Yeah. So he's here's wearing iron underwear. Two images from the David Lynch Dune movie, um, above the rest of it, like the cover of the VHS box. Aside from those, kind of somehow at some point in my life, I don't know exactly when. <laughs> Tyler just keeps turning his phone around and showing me pictures from the David Lynch movie. They look like uh, like <laughs> glossies that were shot to promote the movie of the cast members. They're very silly. Dude, just, I want I want Liam to describe this to our listeners. Oh, okay, so we've got so Cal McLaughlin, uh, gorgeous hair. He's wearing <laughs> kind of uh, suggestive like a, look on his face. Yeah, it looks like it's for a Liz Claiborne ad. <laughs> he's wearing this this giant collar. A bear. He's bare chested, and. Uh, Looks like a, a sweater that he's only wearing over his shoulders, going down <laughs> past his belly button. That's exposed. He has a, it's a lot of fabric, but on. he doesn't wear this in the movie. I don't know what the <laughs> heck this. Bit he has is. a lot of fabric on, but none of it is covering his nipples or belly button. And that's why should the, it? That's I what mean, the people no want to see. No chest hair. So the, um, that's not an image that made it into my awareness. But I don't know when. But I was aware. It's almost like you know you encounter these things at a distance growing up and then people would be like, oh, this movie. And you'd be like, oh, that must be that movie that has this in it just because I've seen this image so many times. Sure. The two images that I was aware of were the sandworm puppets Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that they used to achieve that effect. I'm assuming it was probably some kind of puppet or animatronic based on the era, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was, uh, I was like, so is it Tremors or what? And then uh, the other one was the what I went back and looked it up is like there's a guild navigator in the movie. Yeah, they don't mention these in the the new one, but in the book there's these things. Yeah, and uh, it's cool as crap looking. Uh-huh. It's really really awesome. I was like, what the heck? Uh, and our friend Matt Hughes is a real big fan of the David Lynch movie, but he likes it knowing that it's bad in his language. 
He's like, it's not yeah. good. It's a, it's, right. a, it's, it's an abomination. It's enough. It's enough for him to say. Just like, I just like it. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. appreciate it for what it he, is. He said that if this film that we're discussing tonight were to be terrible, at least he has the other one to comfort <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I asked Matt Hughes, I'm like, oh, I saw that scene of that guild navigator. And it was like, what the heck? This is so bizarre. Is the rest mm-hmm. of the movie that cool? He's like, not really. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it has yeah. things like that in it. Uh-huh. So I was aware of like uh, Tyler, you know, he said like sand, <laughs> things like that. I was aware of that. It's a desert thing. There's sandworms, which I, you know, was like, so is it like tremors or not? And like the answer is yes, it is like yeah, tra- yeah, yeah. tremors and Beetlejuice. Um, but then... Uh, I, at some point in life, moved from one side of the country to the other. This is more than a decade ago now. And one of the first days I was here, I went to a bookstore. This is a big bookstore. It's very famous. And I was walking around with only so much money at this bookstore. And there was a used copy of Dune sitting on an end cap with a little card underneath that says, Ryan, who works here, recommends Dune if you like this and that. He's, and he wrote something oh, about sandworms. Ryan. And then I went, oh, right. So this is that. I was aware it was a book, but this is that movie, Sandworms, Tremors. <laughs> I'm going to get this and read it. I had nothing nothing to do for a while. So I got Dune and read it, and I really liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that it was the right time to read it where I wasn't, I had nothing else to do. I wanted to just sit around and read a book. And so I appreciated it. I was like, oh, this book is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. So that's good because I got a lot of time right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot like reading uh, Clockwork Orange where there's it's written in this like sure. fictional slang. And for like the first 50 pages, you're like, I don't even know what anyone's right. saying. Mm-hmm. But then when you feel like you're anchored in it, you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is some really sophisticated world building. And I really appreciate the mm-hmm. effort that's gone into it. Um, and then for some reason, Dune, uh, is one of like three books that I've read multiple times. Mm. I read it again because I forgot everything. It's so complicated that yeah. I was like, I think I'll read that again. I got nothing else going on. Same gotta, old paperback. As soon as you mm-hmm. finish chapter one, you got to start again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much going on, even in just that first book Yeah. that, uh, and then I read it again for a book club thing. I was like, I was like, Oh, I'll read that again for you to get ready for the movie. Um, so I feel like I had a lot of Dune in my brain mm-hmm. to go see that. I say all that context, not in the braggy, I wrote the book thing, but because I think that it affected my experience of the movie in a strange way. The mm-hmm. last time that I read it, I was aware of everyone that was going to be in the movie. I looked at IMDb and I'm like, okay, so this guy is going to be this guy and this going to be, and oh. then I started to picture, so picture it. Yeah. And so it, there was like this weird deja vu thing where some of the scenes in the movie looked, this is not an exaggeration exactly like I pictured them. Really? Yeah, and with with such specificity, especially that scene where Duncan Idaho is fighting to the death in that little yeah. chamber between chambers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was almost like, did I see this already? Like, uh-huh. how do I, how does it look? Yeah. So well, especially cool. things like when uh, Paul and Lady Jessica are just running through the sand. Yes. Yeah. When you read that with them in mind, because I did the same thing. Yeah. Then you watch it, you're like, well, that's... Exactly what I pictured. These two characters running in the sand. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, well, they're like kind of faking how to run to kind of trick the sand. The sand walk, and all yeah. of a sudden they're like, ah, we got to go. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like that. Remember that episode we did? We, we actually did on the devil all the time where we were talking about like, you know, you read a book and a lot of times, or I guess I would say often, if you read the book first and watch the movie, it's a thrilling experience if you really like the book and the movie turns out halfway decent. You're like, oh, cool, I'm seeing what I read. Mm-hmm. That was on the page, now it's up there. But then sometimes it creates this weird thing where you know Patrick and I were saying when we came out, it's like when you know every single thing that's going to happen in the movie and it's adapted so faithfully, yeah, uh, all the main story beats and everything... Um, is visually arresting. If anyone would say that it's not like an amazing movie to just to look at, I'd be like, you're mm-hmm. lying. You you thought mm-hmm. that that was amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Hans Zimmer's score is like one of the coolest sounding scores yeah. I've heard. It's a triumph. Like, it's yeah. amazing. Like he's got some great, a great track record, but right. this is next level. I, I was blown away with it's, it. It's really freaking weird too. Uh-huh. It's like, a, it's, definitely symphonic and you know you can hear themes and stuff and obviously he's trying to you know bring in all sorts of middle eastern kind of mm-hmm. stuff but it also has these weird like almost machine like 
grinding. Like there's a loud sound effect sonic. to it. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple times where it clearly transitions into something more machine like. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was. It was. It was it so had the whole Rammstein section. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then Rammstein started yeah. playing. No, it was a fantastic cover. Apparently, I learned afterward that uh, he was supposed to work with uh, Christopher Nolan as he typically does on Tenet. And he had a chance to do Dune. He's such a fan of the source material that he said, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm going to have to go do Dune. So Ooh. that's why Tenet's that's score why Tenet is not suffered so much. There's a, there's a feud <laughs> building between Villeneuve and Nolan. <laughs> oh. I want my music guy. So visually resting, sonically incredible. And I didn't not enjoy the movie. The movie was good. But it was... Um, I don't know, part of my experience was hampered in a strange way by... Uh, by the dude sitting next to me? No, he didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I didn't care about him at by all. By the lack of Liam at our showing? That mm. bothered me. I was aware of that from beginning to it's, end. It's because the movie didn't start till 10.15. <laughs> I think if I just didn't know, if I think that almost it's almost better to have not read the book and see this movie because all that atmospheric, deliberately slow pacing stuff you get to enjoy it not knowing what's going to happen next. Mm. When you know, like, uh, after this scene, that's going to happen, and there's long, ambient pauses in the pacing of the movie, mm-hmm. they started to feel a little draggy to me. Yeah, they didn't bother me, the long, uh, ambient pauses, introspective or contemplative pauses. What did bother me over time was all of the visions of Zendaya. Oh, God. It was like too 10, many. 10, 12 too many. Of the hundred that they, they, they cut in. She kept looking over her shoulder at us. It's like, yeah, got it. Those blue eyes. At one point, I actually physically reacted to some of the later visions of yeah. Zendaya. I was like moved in my chair. Oh, God. Yeah, I've We got know lot. we know he's seeing her in the future. <laughs> I've got a lot of uh, comments and questions about these visions, but you finish your review first. Okay, yeah. So a long, long story short, I left the theater conflicted. But then, like Patrick said... When I started to play back the with a sticky factor the next day, all the memories were positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, Abby yeah. was like, "So what'd you think?" And I started to say, "Man, it, you know, it was slow and blah." But I was just like, "It was actually awesome." Uh, it was very well. I mean, just like Blade Runner before it, where you're just like, "This has a lot of slow points, but it's." Uh, discreetly so it's sensitively and sincerely yeah I have no I love I mean I ordinarily especially for a movie like this uh, appreciate that kind of super drawn out um, atmospheric mood pacing Mm -hmm. but the difference is with Blade Runner I genuinely had no idea what was going on as it went out so like sure sure. it looks so 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 there was real tension for you yes exactly So when you're watching these really long shots of Ryan Reynolds walking that orangey landscape toward, what did I say? Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Gosling. (laughs) That'd be a different movie. Would you like some aviation gin? (laughs) Ryan Gosling walking, you know, toward the fallen Las Vegas or whatever that was. Uh Uh It's just like, man, that looks amazing. He can walk as long as he wants, Just keep going. And there was, yeah, there was real curiosity. And um, so it it is satisfying to see a story you like adapted so well and be like, yep, that's about as good as you can probably make that move that book. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one else should try. So right now yeah. I'm at a four out of five. Uh, but I think Tyler's right. I would happily watch it again, uh, even with my nitpicks. And I think that it'll probably be one of those things where you watch it a few times and then by the third or fourth viewing, you're yeah. just like, you don't have anything bad to say about it anymore. Right. Now mm-hmm. you're five stars. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting because we, ha- like, even I have a different re- like rating, but I don't disagree with any of you guys' mm. like perspectives of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the Blade Runner thing is, is a good thing to compare it to because it's just an incredible thing to watch, you know? And it's yeah. got all these different things and paces it goes through. But Blade Runner has a definitive like third act right dune felt like the third act is coming but what happens you know? <laughs> what ha- this is it is yeah that we're, building, so we're, building, we're building credits that oh. was my uh other big complaint pacing aside or you know familiarity aside is that it did feel i think tyler's right i think like as much as i like a big long epic movie it did feel about a half hour too long it even d- go i mean the the novel's divided into sections and it 
goes farther than the first section of the novel by a small stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like it. It felt like it reached a conclusive point where it would ha- it would have to land on an unresolved note, mm-hmm. which is going to do either way. But then it decided, like, ah, you know what? Let's throw this scene. We're going to do this too. last part to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, for me, everything past their encounter with the Shai Halud in the desert, when they actually, you know, j- join up with the siege the, of Freeman mm-hmm. and have, and Paul has to battle the guy and everything. Yeah. It felt like this is content for the next movie. Mm-hmm. It's too late to emotionally invest yeah. in this. Yeah section and then it ended up concluding on an even more unresolved note this is than just if, the beginning yeah than if they had done it earlier because yeah. you're it's like, like the beginning we're halfway through it's like it's almost like the episode ended and then you start watching the first five minutes of episode two and then turn it off <laughs> you know what i'm saying sure. so where are you saying sure. it should have ended i think that they should have had their run in the desert you learn that the entire house of Trades has fallen the mm-hmm. harkonnens or in this movie the harkonnens have destroyed everything. Paul and Lady Jessica are out there in the desert. They see the sandworm. He has the vision in that tent of uh, you know the jihad that's coming in the future. They, mm-hmm. I don't think they call it that in the movie, but the yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then it would end. Like I think that they should have visually depicted his vision of the future war, which ironically was one of the only visions that they didn't depict. He just explains it to his mom in the tent while he has a little tantrum. Mm-hmm. And then that could have been like the almost like a Infinity War ending. It ends bad, uh-huh. and the credits roll. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then that would have been like that would have been a hard ending to have because there's n- nothing would happen. It's like they just go and go and go, and then it just kind of it's just it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says part one it. at the beginning, so mm-hmm. it's not like anyone thinks that they you don't intend have, to make more. You wouldn't have gotten any Zendaya. She's in seventeen <laughs> visions before you see her on the screen yeah, for seventeen seconds. Yeah. Or what if it stopped with the uh, with the sandworm? That's great. That's too. a big old cliffhanger. Like, uh, okay. what did everybody think about that sandworm design? The, the uh, booty hole. <laughs> I'll say it. Because it is was. Is it a booty it's hole? Just put it, it was there, a man. big uh, bung hole. Big. <laughs> Beepy for my bung <laughs> hole. <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> Tyler, you have a uh, comment on this anus? Yeah, Even still, like, it's it basically was. a sarlacc pit that can chase you around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a lot like more a teeth. Bristly butt. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Oh, but, bristle but, this, butt. but I kept on thinking, like, you what would I do? That thing? No. You could never be a Freeman. Yeah. Did, I don't understand when they seem to be making eye contact there at the end. Does it just does it see out of its butt? <laughs> yeah, where the eyes, like, how does it. It just smells it's you, got like, some uh, kind of awareness of them, it seems to imply, and it's uh-huh. undulating. Well, it can them. feel them, right? <laughs> the sand. That's the idea is mm-hmm. that it can it can feel their steps if uh-huh. they're rhythmic, I suppose. Uh, but then it comes out of the sand and just stares at them. Because they were on the rock. Because they get on a rock. I know that it wasn't stacking attacking them because they're on a rock, but it pops up out of the sand and looks them in the eye. Right, like There's it's a acknowledging them. Somehow. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's blind, and it's just like, uh, who, who was it? Who was on my lawn? Yeah. You kids again? <laughs> Could be. Oh. But yeah, like, but how would yeah? How would you design a sandworm that that has some of those features that that doesn't look like a butt? A bung. It's oh, so it's look. so tube like in this yeah. movie that uh-huh. it's just like a flush uh-huh. tube orifice on uh-huh. the end. I was yeah. disappointed. I didn't like the Beetlejuice ones. Like yeah, the Beetlejuice well, one, the, ch- the Tremors, they're right? definitely a little bit more phallic, uncircumcised <laughs> yeah. phallic chasing you around. Yeah, those had eyes at the, on the top of them. The they? ones yeah. that I've always yeah. seen uh, like floating around in popular culture, maybe it's like this in the David Lynch movie, I, I can't remember, but uh, in drawings that are on some of the trade paperbacks and stuff, it almost has like a kind of similar to the Graboid from Tremors, like mm-hmm. a kind of a pedal structure on the mm. end that opens yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sure you know what i mean yeah. like i'm making a yeah. thing well, with my you, fingers to you're, you're describing this is the spoiler for um season one of stranger things oh yeah yeah the yeah drum, yeah kind of like the, that the pet the flower faced yeah it's like a closed drug structure Trump. what are those called what was it called in that show? um drag dragomers or drag dragazoids uh 
What was that thing called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a real Dungeons and Dragons thing. It's going to drive us crazy until Patrick looks it up. Um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, you remember how in Tremors, it's like the face is closed up and it opens and little things come out. Yeah, kind of uh, like, uh, like Big Shop Little Horrors. Big Shop, Little big Shop horse. of Big Horrors. I think that like you know he said something about wanting it to make it look really ancient or something. I mm. guess that. It What's does look otherworldly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing more ancient than a butthole. It's just hard. Demogorgon? Demigorg. Demogorg. Demogorg. Yeah, it's hard to connect with it as a creature when it's just a tube with an anus on the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it's just a colon. The whole Sen- thing's a, just a colon <laughs> moving through the dirt. I wouldn't want one chasing <laughs> me. I'll be no, honest. No, definitely. I mean, like, it was cool the way they communicated its kaiju-ness. It was sure. very, very big. Sure. Yes. yes. And it rumbled the whole theater when it came up. Yeah, out yeah it did. And that shot was cool. It was it was like a weird dusk shot, uh-huh. blue hour. Uh-huh. I guess it was sunrise because they fought in the daylight in the next scene. So it was dusk, sunrise. It was a cool shot. Uh-huh. It was cool. And the, the feeling that I, I don't know why exactly, but reading the book and watching the movie, reading that book the first time, I remember thinking like, just get, I, I kept thinking, show me a sandworm, even though it's not going to show you anything. I'm like, Freaking show the thing. Where's the sandworm? They kept talking about it and talking about it on purpose. Obviously, he was building and building to your first big encounter, which is that in the book. He finally comes up out of the ground. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really liked the like uh, carving the mural of the sandworm that you mm-hmm. see earlier. The legend of it, yeah. Yeah, and the chamber on Arrakis when they first get to their like, uh, uh-huh. Home, I think it's in Paul's room or something like yeah. that. Uh-huh. So they give you these little glimpses of it, and he sees it on those little nature holograms he keeps watching to learn about Arrakis, yeah. which is a really smart way yes. to put some of the you yep. know world building yeah. into the movie that didn't feel like stupid exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was sure. pretty clever. Yeah, this he's movie, learning with us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This movie got away, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, Tyler. It seemed like its strategy was like, there's just too much crap. We're just going to put it in there as if it's normal. They'll track with the stuff that matters and there'll just be a lot of words nobody's ever going to remember. Yeah, that seems like mm-hmm. what they did. Cause, uh, and it seemed like it is if, as effective as it could be because you pick up like, okay, these ladies are like some kind of witch ladies. They've got a power. There's a secret order of them. Mm-hmm. I don't right, need to know all the terms. The order of his mother's the Bene yeah. Gesserit yeah. Yeah. race or species or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Which they're making a show. There's what? a show on HBO just about the the witches, the Bene Gesserit. Really? Mm-hmm. What's it Is called? Is he involved? Is it? The I same? think he's producing or something. Really? Oh wait, it's out now, or they're making it. They're making it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought. I thought. I loved the voice. I thought that. It was, it was very, cool. very it was creative scary. how they but it's supposed to be exhibited to, that like in the same that woman yeah. that was holding the needle to his neck yeah mm-hmm. while he had his hand the yeah. That's I, my one of my favorite things is that weird little black spider pet that the Harkonnens had yeah he was eating f- from a bowl yeah, with his crotch that was cool <laughs> with his bunghole <laughs> right that had no there's no it was totally inconsequential yeah. to everything he's up he's and someone here. added that in it's not in the here. book they're just like yeah. this would be neat. Yeah, put yeah. that thing in there. <laughs> Did they actually involved it in the dialogue? Yeah, they're like, get they that thing out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so I, I feel like I was tracking the story mostly, the important stuff, and the idea that uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. This is the stupidest name. Why? Why are the rest of these words insane? And then the main character's name is Paul because he just comes from a kind of a white bread planet yeah, with all that water. You know, his mom's name is Jessica. His friend's name is Duncan. They all have normal Duncan, names. Idaho. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul has all these visions of the future because he's just tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Uh, he's he's some sort of half blood. He's from the um, he's from Oscar Isaac's people what are they the atreides atreides and i kept i kept hearing that as two different words it, like what do you mean what are you trading <laughs> but uh, i figured it out trade these uh, and then he, his mother is the concubine mm-hmm. to his father the duke, duke. His father the duke of the atreides and so that makes that makes paul some sort of half bred mixed magic mixed like um inheritance type character yeah sure yeah 
Okay, because he ha- he's following the culture and customs of his father to lead that empire at some point, or people, mm-hmm. whoever, at some point. But he's also learning the skills and the voice and the magic yeah, from his the mom. Bene Gesserits, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So then this dude with this double um, like cultural inheritance is going to join a third people group and help them yes. lead into some sort of revolt or revolution against the oppressive. Yes, this movie gives you enough to say that it seems like he is either, the movie doesn't say, coincidentally or by divine ha- you know intervention kind of fitting into their Messiah mythology. Right, right. he seems to be prophesied, the prophesied one yeah. or something. Right, which we don't get enough of in film. Yes, which so, is unique because he's... That's a joke. That's a joke. The prophesied. Ooh, I totally yeah. got it. Yeah. What do you but mean? I don't get it. What do you Luke, saying? Neo, how many others? Prophesied. Oh, oh you, when you said we don't get enough, I thought you meant we didn't give it enough of it in this movie as if it didn't develop it enough. No, as oh, a trope. That's what I yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, 1965. So. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. He must have been the first one. <laughs> good man. Uh, so... Okay, I, I tr- I'm tracking with that as a concept, but he has all these visions into the future as if he's he himself, as the prophesied one, is now prophesying into what's to come. But I feel like of all the Zendaya shots, it's like, okay, great. He's going to meet Zendaya. That seems clear. And it's going to be sunny <laughs> and sandy. It's a safe bet he, on he a racket. But I feel like a number of his other visions seem to be contradictory. Go on. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the dude that he had a vision of about being in a cave, like as some sort of helper or guide is the guy that he ended up fighting at the end. Is that true? Yeah. And why did he keep, um, seeing Duncan among them when he wasn't there? Was he he was there before. Was he seeing into the past and the future? Well, remember Duncan went there first to establish a relationship with the Fremen. So that's right. what he saw. Yeah. So he was he saw them he was among them, having a vision of him, and he said something to, along the lines of, "I see him among them as like a good omen or something." Not necessarily that he was literally there in that spot, but it was like a sign of of unity between the the two peoples or whatever. But that seemed unclear. Well, Duncan received that's, it as good news. He said, he like, I see you good, among yeah. the Freeman. He's like, hey, that's great. That means yeah. I find them. Didn't he also say he Paul saw him said dead? No, Paul was like yeah. nervous for him because yeah. he saw him dying in the right. vision. So I feel like a lot of his visions were contradictory. Almost, maybe not contradictory, but they seem to change based on how the plot moved forward in the political tensions or right. whatever. Well, he didn't have the full visions, unfortunately. So they're just like glimpses. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. the movie like, would, like they were of betraying them changed, him. like proper change. Well, remember it, that he <clears> used <throat> it because in the fight, the big finale, he saw what the guy was the going fight. to do uh-huh. and avoided that. So I think they're tell- the Once movie's again, telling the movie's telling us that he hasn't developed it enough to use it as a skill to mm-hmm. predict things like that properly. So he's seeing possibilities come through to use them to. Yeah, so I the think that's why the partly mo- open. Yeah, always in these movies. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future on. Right. <laughs> There's a Christmas Carol on. Uh, <laughs> I think that the reason the movie stylizes his visions the way it does is it's trying to suggest that he he sees them as kind of fragmented and right, uh, right. But they don't hazy. always. They're not always fulfilled in the way in which he sees them. Well, no, I mean, he changed one actively by yeah. mm-hmm. sticking and moving. Okay. So mm-hmm. the visions are like, take him or leave him. This could happen. This couldn't happen. I guess that adds to the tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I just felt a bit confused. Like maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. Speaking of him in general, uh, I didn't like him. Paul. As far as his casting or how like he acted? Yeah, bad casting. Chalamet. I thought that uh, maybe one of the reasons I thought this is because everyone else in that whole movie to me was perfectly casted. Uh, like, Everyone else did seem to fill their roles really well. They yeah. were great. I yeah. I don't like Timothy Chalamet, like, like in him. general. Uh, and I was surprised that he was cast in this role because he's such a... Twink? Kind of a, a weakling, frail... Twink? Twink. Even though Duncan thinks he put some meat on his bones. Mm-hmm. But not really. I don't think he related. But that said, like, who would... Who could have been better cast or who would have played this well it's is Paul Atreides it, better. Is, is the character described? 
Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. So yeah. many things. Is the character described uh, as smaller or younger? Or He's like 15 in the novel. So, yeah. well, yeah, that's too many showing me. He plays teenagers still. Yeah, the, it was like his performance, especially contrasted against like the, uh, uh, you know, doing this actress a disservice by not knowing her name, but the woman who played Lady Jessica was great. Rebecca and she, Ferguson. She yeah, was great. She brought a lot of yeah. emotional depth to that lady. And there's this great scene early on in the movie and book where he has to take that test and put his hand in the freaking box with a gong jabal and all that. And uh, the movie doesn't play up one of Dune's more famous things, which is the litany against fear that the Benny Jesserits Fear is the mind killer. Yeah. Yeah. But she says it... Uh, Twice in the film, once outside mm-hmm. the door while he takes the test, and then once again in the freaking ornithopter. Yeah, she was like reciting it like, like a, a prayer. Yeah, it's like a liturgy yeah. that she prays, yeah. And the way that she did it was so compelling. She was mm-hmm. like kind of like uh, racked with anxiety and crying and, you know, silently to herself, I must not fear, fear is the mind killer. And I was just like, man, she's amazing. She's mm-hmm. like really bringing a lot of emotional depth to this character. Oscar Isaac is always awesome, and mm-hmm. yep. he's always awesome. He yeah. has that kind of near silent stoicism already as an actor. He, he's he's yeah. so cool. He can play like such an age range too. Because I feel I like know. he's like he must thirty three or something, but he could play like fifty five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, One of the first the images of the movie that we saw was just him looking over at his shoulder, and we're like, "That's the coolest thing Yeah, he thing looked ever. awesome. Yeah. He just looked, him looking at us, we get excited. Uh-huh. He was great. the The Baron was he's a movie yes. too. The Baron was so amazing. Stellan Skarsgård's forty-two. Knocked it out. Is that that really? was it. Was brilliant because you hardly even see him in the trailer too. Like, wait, wh- well, who's the Baron? Like, forty-two. And That's you Patrick's barely age. see him. That's yeah, much. You're Oscar Isaac. Yeah, finally, <laughs> at long last. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, but the the Baron Harkonnen with uh, Stellan Skarsgård was flying around and stuff. Just when like that, floating around, and like yeah. that scene where he's like up in the ceiling. Like I was like. That's really creepy, cool. He was terrifying, and the you know, yeah, when he's he, a bad guy, he would raise himself up to intimidate. Uh-huh. And I love the way that you know that they depicted his little flotation device as almost like some kind of spinal appliance. Yeah. That it was uh-huh. great. He was great. Uh-huh. He only he had you know like I don't know ten minutes total screen time, if that uh-huh. less. But he was such, such a an intimidating, presence. like yeah. emperor-like presence from Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, yeah. They made sure you knew he was evil by making him take that bath. All evil villains like always take goons. baths. Yeah, and it's talking He's, about Apocalypse Now references. He was straight up doing the. He was. Uh-huh. He was sure, like, sure. Yeah, Good call. Very much like the um, what was his rank? The guy in Apocalypse Now. Uh, Colonel the Colonel, Kurtz. yeah, Colonel yeah. Kurtz out there with the diamond through his mind and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave Bautista, that character is almost nothing in the book. Like he gets mentioned a couple times. He has like one scene, and mm-hmm. he was cool. He was really yeah. like mm-hmm. a visu- visually memorable. Mm-hmm. They had that whole scene where he had people lined up and he was decapitating them, beheading them. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, everybody else in the whole movie, it felt like Momoa was good. Josh even Momoa, mm-hmm. who. You know, I don't dislike him or anything, but I kind of thought to myself, that seems weird to have Aquaman be Duncan Idaho. But and he was, he was thickened up, too. He wasn't Mr. Yoked, carved, chiseled guy, but he looked had a little double chin. He's a little bit thicker, but still like, he's like still hulking. He was great. Think, yeah. yeah. I liked him. Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was his thing he always does, but it worked. I am smiling. The, <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Um... The guy from No Country and Mother was one of the oh, yeah. Fremen. Um, the oh, Javier Bordo. Javier Bordo. What's oh, his yeah, name yeah. again? Stilgar or whoever, the, yeah. the Fremen who came in and spit on the table. Yeah. It's like, it's he was uh, great. He yeah. was great. Really cool. He did good. Yeah, yeah uh, I liked him. I'm excited to see more of him in the next one. Mm-hmm. Almost every character, even if they barely had anything to offer, had for something for you, the viewer, to grab onto and be like, yeah. oh, they look amazing, or wow, that they're like really... I care about them. I like this guy. I don't like this person. And mm-hmm. Chalamet to me felt like really wooden and like, you know, for everything he, to be hinging on him. I yeah. know. It felt like he was reading his lines off of a paper. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at the ground and pouted for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Contrast that with somebody like a Tom Holland who also ends up playing teenagers for all the time for some yeah. reason, but has <laughs> real emotional death, depth and angst to the characters that he plays a lot. I think he would. Someone like that would have been better. Personally. Yeah. What yeah. do you think, Tyler? 
I think that we all are conditioned to see Tom Holland as capable. I think this character needed to be seen as not capable for the sake of the learning experience. Chalamet. For the audience to learn with him? Yeah, for the, for the audience to have some reason to doubt that oh, he yeah. can succeed. Oh, yeah, we're all expecting Tom Holland to become the hero yeah. at some point. Oh, this guy will figure it out. He'll definitely <laughs> rise to the occasion. That's a good point. Yeah. Chalamet, there's some... there's some. You're like, this idiot's not going to do anything. It, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not convinced. He, he, he comes across just... It's just That's just the roles he plays. Is Holland is is playing action heroes now. Chalamet's doing more indie or dramatic roles, so he's not really seen as that type that he had to be in some of the scenes in this one. Yeah. I feel like he had to be significantly more pensive walking around in the sunshine, having conversations about palm trees, you know, and mm-hmm. listening to his mom and trying to be all... Talking about how sand gets mystical and stuff. Yeah. yeah I hate I Tell me to pass you the water. I don't think Tom Holland <laughs> could have done the mystical, contemplative side of it as well as Chalamet. I don't know. He's got Give range. him a chance. Yeah, I guess so. Give him a chance. We'll never know now. We'll never know. It's too late. Uh, well, there's a second uh, one coming. Yeah. Now, is this, has it been filmed or? Nope. They still need to make it, they which is going to be. It. It's I'm thinking the of the three years winter out. of 2023 is the release. It date, won't right? start shooting until the f- next fall, a year from now. Right, but they wow. they have a release date for only two years from now, which is reasonable. But you know, I also read, and this you could probably deduce this on your own. It's not like starting from scratch. They already have done all the pre-production in terms of like designs and character scouting, locations, casting. That takes a long time in pre-production. They already did all that. Mm-hmm. So they can fast track some of that stuff, come right back in theory, mm-hmm. and get down, get down, make love. Yeah, in theory. The Ride funny thing rooms. is, without you know, I, I won't say anything about for people who don't know where the story goes about where it goes. Um, but <laughs> a friend of ours that had also read the book with us said he had no idea that it wasn't the whole book, he, that it wasn't the whole story. So it ended, and he came out, and he was like, "I'm confused." So the part one wasn't. Uh, I, I think when he when he saw that, that's when he knew, and he was like, "Wait, what? Part one?" And then uh, it just ended, and he was like, "You know, I, I think he gathered by the pacing, like, uh, we got a lot of stuff to do before this yeah, movie yeah. ends." Hurry the salon. And he came out, and he's like, "I'm confused. It seems weird to divide this movie this way. It doesn't have the traditional structure for that kind of thing." Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It, it seems like audiences and critics are gaga over it, which is interesting to me because they didn't like Blade Runner. I mean, critics liked Blade Runner. Audiences hated Blade more Runner. more critical, yeah. It bombed big time, and people were like, I was bored. I'm like, what? If you didn't like that, it's I, if right. someone told me I hated Blade Runner 24-9, then I'd be like, hey, you probably won't like Dune. Mm-hmm. No. Blade Runner is more palatable than this. That's what I thought. But it really is, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe they I just agree. love Chalamet. Yeah, just the idea of <laughs> yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford showing up it's at some a point to keep people watching. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, this does have, I mean, both movies have big star power in them. Mm-hmm. But God sure. bless Denis Villeneuve, you know? God bless him. Keep making movies. He's making them. Even I'm with interested. Tyler hating on him all up and down the block. Me? Yeah, long speeches well, of hating on him. He should have made Arrival better. <laughs> Ooh. Arrival's one of the best. It's definitely the worst. I think the it's the worst? worst. I think it's the worst. Yeah. The it's, worst? It's been the worst. It's, I'm not going to watch that again. Never. Well, it sounds like what we really need to do next is a best of sure. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Right. Do we need to wait for the next Dune first? Oh, my That's God. So you say that about every ranking episode we've ever done. What if this, ever, what if this body of work <laughs> ever grows? We have to wait for directors to die. <laughs> that doesn't even stop things from getting made sometimes. Yeah, they can direct from beyond the grave. Mm. Uh, they rise up out of that dirt like a sandworm. Tyler, when you saw that guy riding on the sandworm, were you like, wow? <laughs> it's to the extreme, man. Yeah. You're like, that's X Games on the <laughs> Uh-huh. No, I didn't I didn't compare it to the X Games, but now that you make that point, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dune fanboys and fangirls, what the heck did you think of Dune on the big screen? Faithful enough? Too faithful? Dune newcomers, could you keep up with what the heck was going on? Were you in awe of the glorious visual spectacle of it all? 
Weigh in with all your thoughts, good and bad, or both, by leaving a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com. While you're there, you might as well follow us on social media where you can also argue with us about movies. Believe it or not, that actually helps this podcast. One of the easiest, fastest, and completely free ways that you can support this podcast is by going to your podcast app of choice and leave us a glowing, celebratory, emphatic review extolling the greatness of You Hate Movies. If you want to go one step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash youhatemovies, where for the price of a cup of coffee every month, you can get bonus episodes, two of them, every single month, patreon.com slash youhatemovies. 